0: Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have Julia Lehulu-Contreras on, and she is an Arcturian, but much more than that. So just wait till I bring her on. But first, a few announcements. So, If you are watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. We would love to um, see your comments. If you're watching this on Facebook, also would love to see your comments. And if you're listening on any of the podcast outlets, thank you so much. A couple more things I just want to share. So because we are leading up to the end of 2022 now... I do still have my 2023 cosmic message and theme available for sale. And so this is where I channel specifically a message for you from Arcturian Uluru and you get a galactic group and their energy to work with. You get the theme of the year and you can add on a crystal alien skull for just an additional $22. So Check that out on my website, mysticvanta.com or drlisajthompson.com for that. And I also am revealing my brand new product, which is Connection to the Cosmos ET Connector Spray. It's an essential oil spray formulated by me and my Arcturians. It smells so good. The point of it, though, is to elevate your vibration and deepen your connection. So this is now available on both of my websites as well. That includes BigIslandUFOtours.com. So if you're coming to the Big Island, definitely book one of the UFO tours. And stay tuned for upcoming classes and retreats coming in 2023. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to bring Julia on. Hello, Julia. Aloha, (laughs) big aloha to everyone. Yes, another Hawaii sister (laughs) here. So I'm going to share... Um, your bio with everyone because you have quite a lot going on. Okay, so Julia Lehulu Contreras is certified in clinical hypnotherapy, assisted psychotherapy, reconnective healing, and many other healing programs. She has an MA in psychology from Saybrook University and Research Center, where she majored in spirituality and consciousness. During a meditation after moving to Hawaii in 2010, Tolk came to her and said, you are an Arcturian. Can't wait to talk about that. (laughs) She She did not know what that meant at the time. As she evolved into perceiving the Arcturian characteristics, she started channeling them in healings. She astral traveled with them and was shown around. And the most poignant part of her connection with the Arcturians was to realize her calling here on this planet as an awakener, healer, and teacher. The call through her Arcturian lineage grew stronger, and she began to search for the highest knowledge to be able to channel their energy, healing, and guidance. This led her to attend a six month, 300 hour training intensive shamanic training. This awoke within her great spirit skill. She continues to take master classes to acquire advanced shamanic techniques, and she is now a trainee to be. An assistant teacher in the program she trained with. She has made a vow of service to the Carol Shaman lineage, and her practice is lively. She's now working a lot with illuminating people's spiritual path with soul retrievals, destiny, and guidance. Welcome, Julia. Wow. <laughs> and if I mispronounce anything, I apologize, but you know, so okay. One of the first things that I always ask all of my guests, because I I personally am just super curious about this, is what kind of household did you grow up in? Was it spiritual, religious, something else? Because I want to know, like, the transition of how you got into this work.
1: Okay, I grew up in a household of trauma. Okay. Um, you know, I don't need to really go into details, but that sometimes Enlivens within people a very strong determination and mm-hmm. calling, as it did with me. Yeah. It was like you either survive or you go down. Um, my my maternal side was British, Stuarts actually, so the lineage of kings and queens. My paternal side was Polish, and you know what the British would call a commoner. <laughs> so it was quite a mix, actually, to have my father who you know escaped from a siberian prison camp on the way to a prison camp escaped on oh, wow. train right to marrying my mother who was raised in this sort of uh high class um british society let's say so yeah they got together and uh i've got three sisters but one has passed one had addiction problems and we worked with her and worked with her but she's been gone a while now both my parents have passed too so yeah that kind of enlivened within me um it was like one of those things of i'm gonna survive it or i'm gonna go down it was pretty intense the the trauma and so i i what grew within me is who i am today so i'm grateful for it at this point i I can truly say I'm very grateful for my upbringing and all, everything I went through because it's led me to where I am.
0: Okay, so can you talk a little more about like that transition of going through this trauma in your childhood and then like what inspired you to go this direction of like getting a degree in spirituality? Like that's <laughs> not not no most kids don't grow up like, "Oh, that's what I want to be when I grow up," right? <laughs> right. Well, when I
1: was a child, I saw my spirit guides. My okay. mother used to call them my imaginary friends, but they are the ones that protected me and guided me. And I would, be, I would go out and play with them all the time and they would work with me. So those seeds were planted at a very early age. And then, you know, I raised a family and I was always in this sort of searching. I always wanted to find the truth. That was something really clear within me because I'd experienced what I knew wasn't the truth. So that put within me a deep quest for the truth. And so after I, as I was raising my kids, I realized there's more for me in this life. So I went back to college and I got my four year degree. And then that wasn't enough. So I, I went back, I actually was in a public health uh, program training to be a hospital administrator with Loma Linda University. And I thought, what am I doing? this, you know, I was following what I had heard my father say, don't get a degree in psychology, you can't do anything with it. But you can do something if you get a master's in public health, that was his line of work. So I stopped after a year, and I had quite a few credits by then. And I and I took some time off and I started searching for master's degrees that would align with who I felt I was. And I discovered Saybrook. And their description of Mm -hmm their uh, spirituality and consciousness just drew me in. So I was able to transfer um, quite a few credits. um, And then I had my degree in a year and a half later with Saybrook. And then from there, I thought, there's more. I became equine certified. I thought, you know, I work with CPS. I work with a lot of intervention, like alcohol and drug services, working with the mentally ill all kinds of social work, and that just, I knew that I wanted to be on the healing end, not the intervention end. And so I started training in those kind of avenues and and equine therapy because I'd have had horses most of my life and uh, ranched in Eastern Oregon when I was raising my family. So I had that experience too and kind of got into natural horsemanship uh, instruction. And so that became a natural thing I went to was equine therapy. So that was the beginning of like the healing journey versus uh, the intervention journey.
0: Okay. So this was a little bit later in your adult life then,
1: correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I went back to get, I I got my master's when I was 50. So (laughs) yeah.
0: See, and I'm turning 50 next month. So to my my audience, it is never too late to it's not.
1: You know, it's not, and that that was almost 20 years ago. I'm almost 70 now, so yeah, keep going.
0: That's right, beautiful. I know my grandmother; uh, she was in her 40s when she got her PhD, and yeah. So just like for those of you who are like, ah, I don't like my life. Well, you can change it. Yeah, <laughs> choices, different cafes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, so then how did you get into hypnotherapy and some of the other certifications that you ended up doing? Um,
1: kind of along the same. I was just, I just kept searching and kept, I, I think I started off first with Reiki certification, like about 25 years ago, because mm-hmm. by that time I was in that pathway of looking for healing. And so I was open to anything that said healing. And so I became a, a master, you know, Reiki, what, it, you know, Uh, person what am i trying to say what do they call you when you're when you can give reiki i'm just drawing a
0: reiki master yeah reiki master right (laughs) and
1: so then from there i was like no there's more there's more and and so i entered into a hypnotherapy school out of the bay area in california that was very spiritually oriented when we did um classes we would do journeys and visionary type work and not to not to leave out the fact that before I kind of got into all of this I went through 10 years of counseling and therapy to overcome the trauma in my life because I was determined I was not going to be a wounded healer I wanted to be balanced and uh, that particular therapist was amazing she led me on all kinds of visionary journeys, so she kept that what was already going in me supported and so okay. uh, into hypnotherapy because i was still searching for ways to help people in a deeper and greater way so beautiful
0: well and so when i guess so when you moved to hawaii in 2010 mm-hmm. what, what um, prompted you to make that transition were you in california at the time
1: yeah we were in a little tiny town on the northern california coast Point Arena. My husband retired from the school system there. And he was a coach and an educator for over 40 years. And he had owned um, a timeshare in Oahu for many, many years, decades. And uh, he had always said he wanted to retire in Hawaii. And I said, "Okay, let's do it. And he was like, really? Yeah, let's do it. So we did it. We sold everything. Uh, We took over two horses, (laughs) our two vehicles and, and like two extra suitcases each or something and then we oh I think we had about 20 flat rate boxes that we mailed and a couple things with UPS and we started over again and so for the first five months because we were working on having uh our land developed and a yurt put up I live in a yurt I'm right now on the lanai of the yurt outside so we stayed in vacation rentals for about five months until it was ready to move in and then during that time I acquired different things that I needed because you start over, you have nothing. You have no kitchen, you have nothing. So uh it was a
0: adventure. Know. just like you, I shipped 40 boxes. We brought our vehicles, some suitcases, and I bought all new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is fun too, right? It yeah. is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Especially then you can kind of go along with the theme of where you live and that be your decorated ideas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then was it right away when you moved here that you were doing that meditation where Tolf came to you? So to- yes. I want to yes. know about that. Like, okay, yeah, so you're in meditation, and then what happens?
1: Right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> With my eyes closed, he came right up to me and said, you're an Arcturian. And this was like 2010. I think by then I'd already been trained as a reconnective healer, too. Right after we moved in here, I went to the mainland and got that training, came back. And, you know, I've been a meditator for years. And so it it was just a natural thing. But then when he came up and he said that to me, I'm like, what's that? What is I didn't even know what that was. I said, Arcturian? (laughs) okay so then I started like researching I got a couple of books and then I started realizing who they were what an advanced civilization and consciousness they were beautiful high consciousness people that don't even communicate with words just all consciousness and I I started connecting with them in my meditations and that and that's where my experience really came forth as far as understanding who they were. I mean, you can read books, but that's somebody's idea. Right. And, you know, I could write a book, but that's my idea. But this is like, I had a very personal experience with, it. I even felt like I had a brother that was among them. I know his name and
0: mm-hmm.
1: he helped. Yeah. Me, yeah. Kind of integrate into being in that. So I, I probably meditated for a couple of years with the Arcturians and I still do sometimes. It's just not every day.
0: Right. right? and I, um, so I also met my Arcturians um, four years ago, and I didn't know who they were either, but they came to me. I was on a meditative journey, and they're standing right in front of me, a group of them, but there was one that was a little more to the front, and just incredible love, like this yes. intense love that I have never felt before on this earth, and and their message was, you know, you are one of us, we are one of you, we are family. And now that I have deepened that connection over the last four years, now I understand like who I am as an Arcturian, my mm-hmm. role and and all of that. So um again, I just love how like organic it was. It wasn't that I was searching out like who's my ET right. race, like who's right. my family? Right. They just were like, here we are.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And then in one of my um, meditations, I saw how I came to Earth from Arcturus, Arcturus. And I came down into a sarcophagus, into an Egyptian temple. I was a teen. I saw myself. I had long, dark hair. And uh, I was received. They were waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And I was taken to the temple for training for many years. So All right. that, that's where the Hathor came in.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. I yeah. I'm I'm curious because your your Facebook name is Julia Arcturian Hothar Contreras. <laughs> right, right. I know people go, what is that? Oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, actually, so let's break it down because some people don't know who Toth is. So first, share who that is, and then we'll we'll just work. Well,
1: know to. Toth that well, except that he came to me, but he is an Egyptian scribe, and he wrote. And channeled many, many, many writings through the tablets of Toth, if you ever want to um, explore who he is. But he was a scribe, a very famous uh, scribe in Egypt. And also a very, he well, he's an ascended
0: master now. So that means he overcame death. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then we talked about our trains on the show before, so most people know like at least if they've listened or watched, they have a good idea who the Arcturians are. Yeah. And you know, some, the, the Arcturians that you were interacting with and still do, do you know like how high of a density or dimension they're residing in? Because I know that they're different levels that some of these beings come through so like the sixth dimension pleiadians versus the 12th dimension pleiadians
1: i i would say it's the same there's many different levels but they're they start off really high yeah um it's my understanding that they communicate with their mind they're all healers but there are certain people that sort of sign up for that just like there are certain of their race certain people that sign up to be parents it's a it's a real honor to have that experience and so a lot of that has come through my meditation it's not something that's written about necessarily Mm -hmm. but um i was taken on one of their aircraft i mean their spaceships one time And I can't say I saw great detail. I just saw crystalline technology everywhere. It was amazing. And then for a while, when the um, volcano was active over here, Pu'u'o'o, I would see a lot of spaceships kind of hovering over it, like they were getting energy from it. It was was easy to see that they were spaceships by their movements. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, so, and that's interesting that you say there are different roles. Because, yeah, my role as an Arcturian is as a healer. I am definitely not a parent. I am a parent here on earth. Right. Right. I think I wanted that experience, although now I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) yes, it can take you many different roads. (laughs) It's really hard hard to be a parent.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. I agree. It's quite, it's quite a responsibility. Yeah. Yes
0: um okay so so we've got this whole arcturian thing and then so then your relationship with hathor in egypt so share more about that and that
1: experience. well i was i was taken to the temple and i was in training to be a high priestess so i learned all of the truths and that got worked with the gods and the goddesses within the temple However, at some point, there was some rampage on that temple, and I was kidnapped. And I also have gone through that and realized what that was about. Okay. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Very interesting. So um, so I also do have a connection in ancient Egypt, but I was not one of the Egyptians. I was one of the Syrians coming down. So very, yeah, interesting, different connections. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. And since you just mentioned the um, spacecraft with the volcanoes, so, you know, we both live on the big island. We have the most active volcano on earth here. We have so much spacecraft activity. Yes. Island all over the island. Right. Right. With the volcanoes in and out of the water. And I'm just, I am, I'm super curious because you live on Hilo side and I'm on Kona side. What um, what kinds of activity you have experienced and besides seeing the ones around the volcanoes?
1: Just feeling and sensing and hearing messages come down sometimes. Um, I will say I was staying at a friend's house down on the ocean up the Hamakua coast one. This was a couple, three years ago. And, uh, I woke up at like four in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I got up and went out on the lanai. That was, it was, I was on the second story and there was a lanai. Mm -hmm. And I looked out towards the ocean and I saw like at four in the morning, I saw this huge, uh, well, I I realized it was a craft later, but at first I thought, what am I seeing? I saw all these lights and these different divisions, square divisions. And I thought, what is that? what is that? And I was trying to think, I wasn't totally familiar with what it would look like where I am in the morning. I thought perhaps, no, there's no hotel out there. There's nothing out there.
0: And Not it, was, a the coast, no. <laughs> it was just
1: there. It was definitely just there. And later I was talking to the lady that I stayed with and, and I said, it had to be a spacecraft because there's nothing there now, nothing that would light up like that. So I've had that experience. I haven't had I'd like to go on one of your UFO tours, yes. actually. You totally I,
0: come over, be my guest. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just come over and uh, we'll work that out. Great.
1: That sounds great. Because I was, you know, I'm in, I uh, follow Stephen Greer and I know that he's done some, he, he has some groups here and I, it's just a matter of time. A lot of times with me, I'm super busy right now with uh, school and my practice and um, teaching and it's just a lot but I do take days off and I would love to do that
0: yes yes well and um, you know I'm a big fan of Stephen Greer I love his work and you know there are so many my experience with doing the CE5 kind of work is there are so many different ways that it can be done and so when we um, when I do it when I lead it it's my own, like, calling in because I have that connection, right? Just like you do. Right. Yeah. When we're connected, it's, right. we can just be like, you know, it's just intention. <laughs> but I do have a whole meditative journey that I lead people through. And right. you know, it's a really beautiful spiritual experience. You know, I imagine. It. I imagine. I will say, too, that I
1: swum with the dolphins a lot on the other side. And mm-hmm. I would put out my hands. I wouldn't chase them. I mm-hmm. would just put out my hands and they would come to me. I know they sensed in me the extraterrestrial energy that they're so familiar with.
0: They are because they are from that energy themselves. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, and and it's, you know, I don't know how you feel about um, the new dog. And the, we're going totally off tangent, but it's okay because we're talking about island stuff and people want to come <laughs> by and experience the UFOs and the dolphins. But, you know, when they did the, the boat ban of being able to swim with the dolphins, I mean, I know there were probably a couple of rogue boats that were not doing it well, but the rest of the boats, in my experience, were very, very much honoring the dolphin dolphins in their space. And they are intelligent animals. <laughs> they know if they want to come in or swim away. Right. Right. And that's a
1: little different than like, um, swimming with them from ho now now off the shore and i did see a lot of abuse there i saw uh buses of tourists coming and chasing them and okay. they're in their they were in their sleep cycle there and so you wait for them to come to you you always do that anyway they are super yeah. tuned in and they will come to you so i did understand when that happened because i had experienced that i would get I would drive from this side to that side, and I'd get there by 7 just to avoid the tourist bus because once they arrived, sometimes it was not a good thing going on there. Okay. So I do understand, from the shore anyway. Now, being out in the ocean, I know what you're saying. I've been yeah.
0: on a few of those too. Okay. So good to know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now let's – so you're working with the Arcturians, and they are – giving that you're getting healing information and they're really sharing with you like, okay, this you're here here as earth human. This is what you're here to do. And so tell me more about that.
1: Well, um, I started, um, as I became certified in different healings, like reconnective healing, I realized I already knew that when I went and got certified, I said, Oh, that's what I've been doing all this time. I was channeling. Uh, cosmic healing energies and that and so reconnective healing tunes into that because there's a thing called the reconnection where you realign your meridians with the meridians of the universe so it's very much part of the cosmos so i realized i was channeling arturian healing specifically too in certain instances with certain people that needed certain things Mm -hmm. and i And I still do that. Even though I do shamanic work, I usually now end with energy work because I feel like it seals it in a, in a very profound way and people feel it. They, they always comment on it.
0: Okay. Well, and I, yeah, the healing that I started doing recently, it just started like I didn't learn it from somewhere. I just, I mean, yes, my um, regression work, I did learn, but I've modified it into, and I, every client's different. But yeah. now that there's this beautiful healing that comes through me and through my hands and energetically, yeah. right? Vibration, uh, very strong, kind of, yeah. And even sound, sound frequency yeah. that I've yeah. integrated into that. And just because I'm called to it, it's not like, oh, now I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, I have to do it this way by some, right. by some person right. because it is actually being channeled. Right. And, and so. For people who are in the healing like allow yourself to just i think go with the flow and really channel whatever energy wants to come through you you know obviously as long as it's from a higher dimensional or source absolutely highest and greatest use yeah. of powers right um so besides before we get into the shamanic work that you do um besides the arcturians have you had any experiences with any of the other et races out there
1: syrians palladians um i i did work with a client that was palladian this was doing shamanic work and i i channeled to them um messages because they were in that place where they could receive that i don't do that unless i'm called to in that way so um and i have studied the palladians a little bit i feel like i am part palladian also
0: yeah we all
1: we just, yeah, we just have a certain, um, you know, percentage of higher, and that would be Arcturian in me, but definitely Palladian, too, and I feel like Syrian, too.
0: Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, there's such a strong connection with the Hawaiian Islands, with the Pleiades, and yeah. all, all the Pacific Rim countries. Yes, yes. Yeah. And what I understand, yeah, the...
1: Um, the shamans and the Native Americans are very connected to the Palladian's.
0: Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and we have Andrea on who knows you. She's like, Julia is an amazing star soul. (laughs) (laughs) She says that she's had UFO experience with the greys. So I'm curious which of the greys, Andrea, and then um, like, what's your perception of that experience? But then she says she's Syrian. So, I mean, yeah. And we all have all, all of this different combination, but You know, similar to you, my strongest connection is with that Arcturian lineage, but I know that I'm all of it. Right. 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 Yeah. And the more that I do the work with them, the others are coming in to be like, hey, here we are here. Let's work together in this way. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So now let's transition to the shamanic work and what actually, you know, okay, so you've done these different modalities of training. And now you're getting more into this really grounded earth. Host.
1: Right. So um, with all the, the training and all the healing I was doing and, you know, I would get incredible feedback. People felt really touched and peaks and different things, but I felt like there was a missing link. Like I wanted to really get to the root of people's problems and be able to extract Like imprints, that's the way we talk about it in shamanic work. And be able to bring in illumination and healing. And when you extract the roots, it's incredible how much stronger the healing is. And so I was very drawn to this work through a crisis that kind of happened in my life with one of my sons. Usually a crisis does draw you into shamanism of some sort. Besides, you know, the way I was raised and, and all of that in my childhood but I, I realized when I went through this crisis with one of my sons that I didn't have the tools that I needed mm-hmm. to be able to heal, to be able to help. And then I started looking and I I had known about the um, the founder of the school, because when I took up uh, spirituality and consciousness uh, and I was studying that, he had co-authored a couple of books with one of my shamanism professors. So I was very familiar with him and the school and I was sort of... Um, I, I mean, I could say it's a 4 wind school. I, it's no secret because I put it online a lot. Um, I was very much following him because I thought, well, can I go to Chile? Can I go to Florida and take like for 28 days and take the intensive? And they were talking about going online, going online a few years ago. And then it finally happened. And it happened right about this time. Well, it'd been, it it been they've been online probably a couple of years when I went through this crisis. And I just, I felt the call so strong. Jaguars were calling me. It became archetypes were showing up in my life. And uh, it was like, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm not going to be happy. I'm, I'm not going to thrive anymore. I have to do it. And within a couple of days, I was in the school. And so that's been quite an experience because that, that work is so deep and so healing and so wonderful. My favorite thing to do with shamanic work are soul retrievals because the method I was taught in the school is so, the the technique is so detailed and it goes so deep and gets you on a different destiny if you wanna do that. It really helps you refine the soul part that left and reclaim who you are authentically. It's just amazing.
0: So can you share with people who don't know what a soul retrieval is? Like, why would someone need to do that or want to do that?
1: Okay, so we go along in life and things happen to us, stress, uh, trauma, accidents, those kind of things. At some point in time, when you're young and you're very innocent and you're very open to the spiritual world when these things happen your soul have the the good part of your soul i don't want to say good bad but the positive part of your soul has to leave to maintain that positivity and what stays survives and learns how to go through so a soul retrieval and you know i've had about 10 of them so it's not like it happens all of, in once times. Um, of course I was practicing with students too, but, uh, a soul retrieval is going, taking a journey into the underworld and working with the gatekeeper that you develop a relationship with that. I have a very strong relationship with because I've done, I've done over a hundred soul retrievals. I know at least I, I quit counting at about 60 and that was like a long time ago. So, uh, you go into the underworld and you work with the gatekeeper and you, you go to the chambers and you see the wound And then you see the old contract, and then you go into the uh, the chamber where the soul part is and you talk to her or him and bring them back and you bring back a power animal and a gift. And you bring that, I'm with my Jaguars. I have five of them I work with in the underworld. And so I come through back up the tree of life. And then I do like sacred drama with those, with the person and help them integrate that into their life. And I've just seen, if people really wanna work with the integration, their life just goes it just goes in a, an amazing authentic direction i've seen it really change people's lives
0: in a real positive way okay so is that something that someone can do in like just one session or is it multiple sessions for the well same- you
1: want to make sure that you have cleared enough energy in their imprints in their in their chakra field and everybody has imprints. I have imprints. I have. I work t- together with another shaman every month and have sessions to keep my field clear. So it's not like once they're gone, they're gone. But there's mm-hmm. a certain a clearing you want to do. And I work with Waskar, that's the gatekeeper of the underworld, with with this. And I tune in. And when it, when they've done enough clearing, it's not one, and it's more like two, or three. Then, then I, I hear, okay, now we can do a soul retrieval. If you don't, if you don't turn into the gatekeeper, like I know some shamans that just go down into the underworld. Sometimes they get turned back. Okay. I haven't had that experience yet because I try tune in up here. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to be working with a client.
0: Oh, sorry, we can't do this today. They're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, so with the jaguars, um, what, what do jaguars represent for you? Uh, they represent
1: uh, being totally in tune with tracking and mm-hmm. being in the dream world and seeing in the dark. And uh, that luminous energy of a warrior comes through the jaguar, they are helpers. So as I'm going into the underworld, they're tracking, tracking, and they're showing me different things. When I'm working with a person Not in the underworld when I'm doing clearing of their chakras or an illumination, bringing down luminous energy into their chakras, they're showing me what needs to be uh,
0: unblocked.
1: So they're with me all the time and they're just always working with me.
0: Okay, I love that. Well, and I have a couple of um, pieces of art that I got from Mexico that are jaguars that, yeah. I was called to that and I like, I mean, I love animals, all animals, but there are animals that speak to me or that are like, you need to bring me home. (laughs) And so I, I just, yeah. um, So that's one of them too. So it's just interesting how you're describing them and how they work with that.
1: And then, you know, we work with hummingbird and that archetype, which is about transformation being in the dream and, and going beyond that, the hero's journey, that's all part of hummingbird energy, snake or serpent energy is the basic uh, shedding of our skins and being able to let go of things that are really repressing us.
0: And eagle energy is that visionary journey, of course. Yeah, yeah I love that. Well, and I, um, I have several Oracle decks that I've created, and one of them is an animal deck. Well, I have animals in general, so I have all the animals that you've talked about, and then. I have marine animals as a deck and then birds just to Wow. Well. I didn't know you had decks. That's wonderful.
1: I do. I have eight. Oh, so if you send me some links, because I do get asked, I got asked the other day, what, what is a good animal deck that you would
0: recommend? Okay. Well, and I would, love, I would love to do that. Well, and again, we haven't met in person, even though we live on island together. So we're going to have to meet up. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Very soon. So, okay. So for you what has been the like the most profound change in your personal life for um doing the shamanic work i guess first and foremost because well, you mentioned your son yeah. and there was some some crisis but
1: it's just so we go through um as we train we go through so much transformation and that has to happen We have to clear our own fields we have to be accountable to what we serve the kiro shamans and we have to do certain practices or you don't have to if you don't want to but i do certain practices every day that keep my field clear and work with it and and then working with other shamans so the most profound change has been what people have come up to me and said wow you're glowing or i could see light all around you there's, there's a happiness, there's a light that's emanating from deep within, you've really changed. But it was through moving through the school and doing all these practices that I, I, I love to keep up every day. If I don't, I feel it. You know, you can kind of fall back into the old ways or whatever, because they're still there. It's right. not like, not human, they show up and I'm like,
0: okay, so time to deal with that now. <laughs> I know when, yeah, I'm ready to like, okay, can we be done with the human?
1: (laughs) 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 When you think you're done and you go through these transformative, because the the light body school puts you through incredible transformative processes that go really deep and you think, okay, that's gotta be it. Then something else goes up.
0: So, okay. So, and then when meeting your Arcturians, then what has been the most profound thing that's come out of that?
1: Just an understanding of that. We are not, I mean, we're not alone. I know that there are negative ETs too, but just that, just their presence of light and ability to help and, and inhabit me and be with me and, I, I feel very helped by them. I felt like I when they came to me, it was a time of transition and change, and you know what that can be like. Even if you're in Hawaii, Pe, Pele will test you for a couple of years. Say, are you are you serious about being here? We'll see. You know, I see a lot of people leave before two years.
0: Oh it's, yeah, it's. Funny. I mean, it's funny, not funny, because yeah, they, I mean, there's that. Island I, brings you in, or she spits you out.
1: <laughs> yeah, she does yes, she does. And part of the bringing you in is the transition. And I felt so helped by their presence, and so mm-hmm. I felt their light around me a lot. Especially okay. when you know, I start you know, especially when I started channeling their healing energies. Yeah, it just it's it's sort of mind
0: blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So. Okay. Because you've brought this up and normally um, I don't really go, I don't like necessarily talking about that negative and quotes ETs, but I, I do like on my tours, there are people, well, what about these? They're bad, aren't they? And so then it's an education moment. And so I would love for you to share your perspective on that. And then I'll, I'll see. And then I'll, You know, I mean, obviously, everyone has their own perspective on what they are. Yes,
1: I guess guess my perspective is, is I don't give that too much attention. Mm -hmm. I focus my energies on the light. I do, um, as part of shamanism, I do release people from entities, but it's done in a way that is full of light, and then when they're released, I take them to the ancestors for healing. I don't cast them out into the outer darkness, like exorcism or something like that. So I have a real clear understanding of drawing light to myself. I'm very aware there are other races, just because I watch Gaia TV. (laughs) (laughs) And certain programs on there and there are experts that come on that have, you know, been in the Air Force for, you know, and retired and now released from their non-disclosure statement or whatever, and really share the truth of what they've seen and what they've encountered. And so um, I'm I'm aware, I'm aware that they're there, but I keep, my perspective is I keep my focus on the light. It's really, that's what I want to manifest. That's what I want to help people with.
0: Okay. And so, yes, so um, I watch a lot of Gaia as well. And (laughs) I, I do find like, okay, with all of the different shows, whether it's on Gaia or it's on, you know, History Channel, Travel Channel or whatever, like Amazon. Right. There are so many different perspectives and slants on these different groups. And one of my missions truly now is to change that fear-based narrative yeah hollywood media government has been right right and continues to do so so even though we have slow disclosure from the government now they're still trying to be like well we have to treat it as a threat yes there's something out there but it's a threat right right because god forbid we don't want free energy to come into this world right (laughs) <laughs>
1: right right so we got to
0: keep fear based yes i know there's so many beautiful things that we could like a, mm-hmm. yeah to just mm-hmm. consciousness a little bit what i um and you can tell me what you feel about this but the way that i look at it and have i guess experienced it in my own life is that when we're still in this third fourth dimensional reality we mm-hmm. experience polarity right mm-hmm. Right, that's part of being third density beings, right. and so yes, there are ET races that are third density beings that are polarized, right, to service to self, service to others, and not every single individual within a race had like is all bad necessarily. Just like all humans, if right. we can't lump all humans into well, we're all control, fear mongering, power hungry. Exactly. Yep. There's some of us that are love and compassion and, you know, filled with empathy and and all of that. But what I do understand what that polarity is from a higher perspective is it's a a mechanism of evolution. Right. It helps us make changes in our life. Right. Right. I agree. So when, you know, even, you know, I have experienced a lot of that polarity just with humans in my Mm -hmm. life know, ex-husbands, um, con men, business <laughs> managers, things like that, that have been in my life. Right. That I, I, you know, I, I could feel totally victimized and there were moments where I felt that. But what it did was actually, like, allow me an opportunity to learn and grow, gain wisdom from that and come out even better on the other side. Exactly. I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so for those people that have that experience of being with maybe those polarized ETs right that is something i i do and maybe again since you do the soul retrieval and work with soul contracts like i do you know my understanding is we all sign up for whatever we're experiencing here on earth before we come in exactly i
1: really believe that and so so hence my ability to be grateful for my traumatic youth and all the things that guided me and led me to be who I am today. Absolutely. And once you reach that point of gratefulness, there's such
0: freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there, right. there are people in my spiritual world that don't want to, you know, they don't like, and, it, and it's not like victim shaming at all, but it's like right. for me, I'm taking responsibility that, right. yeah chose this life. I chose my parents. I chose my husbands. I chose whatever. <laughs> it is. Exactly. And and now I can be grateful. Like you said, I'm very grateful. I wasn't growing up and I was like I'm like, why did I do this? Why me Right, right. You gotta
1: go through it. You gotta feel all the emotions to get to the other side. But there comes a point in time I see people get stuck, you know, with a master's in psych and seeing people in cognitive therapies. That's good to a certain point that people can get stuck in the story. And, yes. and the point is to shift past the
0: story. It is. Yeah. It is. And, um, yeah, I, have I've witnessed that in my own family and then with friends that that's right. just, it's, Mm-hmm. there's so many, so many other beautiful things that can help transition people. Right. Out right. Of that. And exactly. yeah. Whatever you're ready for in that moment or whatever resonates, but yeah, there's not just the one way that does not right. very well. Or you're in therapy for what 20, 30 years and it right. doesn't do anything. Right.
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> why, that's why I got into spirituality and consciousness and then I was working towards a PhD, but it was limiting. I finished one semester towards a PhD, but it was limiting. I The only way I could really come out and do what I wanted to do, I wanted to do diversion programs for Native American youth for okay. uh, alcohol and drug addiction. And that was going to be my dissertation. But the only way I could really do that was become a clinical psychologist in that, in that um, realm. And so... I I kind of like I, I I really don't want to do that. I have a different path. Um, many times I've been like with employers, they tried to tie me down. You need to do the licensing route, then you could you know really make some money or you could really be whatever. And I was like, no, that's not who I am. I'm yeah. not going to be licensed and accountable to the state.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'm accountable mm-hmm. to the highest. <laughs> yes, every day.
0: And, you know, I, I did go the PhD route, but only because at that moment in time, when I was in that program,
1: right. I had to have that
0: degree to do what I wanted to do. Right. But right. you're it, like, the more that the more knowledge or the, in those programs, the more that you were getting more specialized. You're going narrow, narrow, narrow. And I was getting so narrow. I'm like, I don't even... This isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. I want to be more general. And I want to be able to have flexibility. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like
0: that too. I I considered it just
1: to have the PhD behind the name. Uh, it, it opens doors that, you know, MA doesn't open or whatever. But I, at that point too, I...
0: I had student loans and I was like, it's just getting too cumbersome. Okay. Well, and that's one thing. I didn't have to worry about that piece because I had fellowships and stuff. But my parents, actually both of them were the ones that were like, because I almost quit grad school halfway through to go to art school. And my both of my parents are like, you all just finish the degree. You'll have that doctor name and that, you know, even if you never use it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Right. So here we are, Dr. Lisa Thompson. Uh, Emily Shrey, Biologist, who is now turned, yeah, Galactic Ambassador. <laughs> Which is
1: what you were called to be. So perfect.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So how, how do people work with you? I know uh, before we got on, I, I did ask you, you know, can you work remotely with clients? Because you're here in Hawaii with me. Um, So, like, what kinds of sessions do you do with people? How do you work with people?
1: So people can contact me. I mean, I really market myself in Facebook. I just use it. Uh, I don't pay for it. I just, I have group. I have a group, and I have my page that I try to do educational pieces uh, on shamanism, and that causes people to reach out to me on Messenger, or and then I'll, I'll uh, send a copy of my card or whatever. And so I end up communicating online with people a lot. Um, And then sometimes we'll exchange emails or whatever. The thing is, I don't have time in my life to do lots of phone calls. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people want to have a phone call. So I, I go, well, let's communicate online first. It's quicker, you know, because I'm so busy. And if you still want a phone call, yeah, we can do that. We can do a short phone call to, you know, verify or to figure out who I am and what I sound like and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I'll then set up an appointment and I have certain packages that people can buy and have discount, um, some packages of three, four, six, and 10, actually, depending on what they want to do. Um, and then we do a short interview. I do it through zoom. Usually if they're on the island, they, and I do have some in-person clients that live on this side and they all come down. I have a, what I call my shaman's cave downstairs. And uh, I, I do sessions in there. So I do work with some in-person clients. But most of mine, and I do work uh, with people all over the world, Zoom. Yay, Zoom. Yay, Zoom, right? <laughs> Yay, <laughs> Fiber Connection. I didn't used to have one here. And so that made a huge difference.
0: Okay. And how can people find So tell people your website, um, what you're under on Facebook. I'm under
1: Julia Arturian Hawthorne Contreras on Facebook. And I have a, um, a, a shaman's group that I'll invite you to if you, you know, friend me. Um, and I, my website is regenerationhealing.com. I will say, though, I haven't updated it for some time. It's just, and that's something that's on my list when, you know, maybe when I'm not in so many classes or whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll take the time to do that. And then regenerationhealing
0: at gmail.com. Okay. And so our audience, let's say, you know, people are listening, like what types of things might be going on in someone's life that they're like, oh, my, I need to see Julia. I need to have a session.
1: Feeling stuck um, is usually a, a major theme of people coming to me, not feeling like they can go forward uh, because of something they feel is stuck or making the same decisions over and over again, getting stuck in that repetitive, bad decision-making. Some people do come to me with physical things, but I explain to them what I do. I don't treat like doctors do. I don't treat symptoms. What I do is I go and look in the energy field. And if there is an imprint that's associated with that physical condition and, and it's removed, it very often is, is a, uh, manifested in healing for them. But that's not my focus. My focus is clearing their energy field. So um, some people do come to me because they want soul retrieval. Some people come to me because they feel like something is out of control in their life and they feel like something's in them they want release from. And that could be ancestral crystallized blockages. It can be actual fluid entities. It it manifests in many different ways, but usually people feeling kind of stuck like something's not quite right on for them. They're not quite within the uh, divinity and the center of their pathway and they kind of keep falling back. That's usually the main thing that people come to. They really want exponential growth because that's what it does. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's not pat on the shoulder, okay, you're gonna be okay. It's like, we remove imprints, now we're going forward. You ready for this, you know?
0: Okay, um, are there any just really quick tips before we end of how people can keep out entities from entering them?
1: Uh, well, there are certain things that certain things that I add to their field. I also, you know, how to do the Muna key rights, so I can give them certain healers' rights, bands of power to protect them. I do that a lot with clients, and it's just amazing. People say, "Wow, what a huge difference!" So, uh, if there's something in their field, it needs to be removed. People yeah. usually know. It's not like I go fishing for it. People usually know, though. Sometimes I will track, and I'll see something. I'll ask them if I can track their field and I will see something and I'll say to them, you know, I see this here. Do you want me to, do you want me to work with that? It's really up to them. It's, it's like I work with people. I don't take over. So okay. yeah. Beautiful.
0: Well, I really appreciate you being on today and um, I, I can't wait to meet you in person. <laughs> and, yes. yes. Yeah. Well,
1: that for sure i mean yeah. i really want to do one of those tours with you too that just sounds amazing
0: yeah well in this time of the year we start at 6 p.m so we end early enough that it's safe for you to drive back over to Hilo side okay <laughs> yeah so yeah. um anyway i just thank you so much and hopefully the audience learned something new um you definitely brought a new element to the show that i haven't had on before and oh, it's great your energy and your wisdom. And yeah, thank you just so much for Mm. everything that you are doing in the world to heal and make this earth a beautiful place to live. Mm. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. And to those watching and listening, thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you next time. Aloha. Aloha.